3: Шмок!
4: Да. А что там?
3: Боля. Эй, парни, как вы там? Сейчас потанцуем, блядь. Сука! Попал. Прямое попадание, борс! Прямое попадание! Куда я насыпаю? Блиндаж! Блиндаж попал! Походу!
5: Дальше блинда
6: жан очень рядом, а позже и даже в блинда вверху я знаю. Ну что, ну что, ребятуля, так и живем,
5: все будет Украина, мы всех пидоров убьем. Туда переходим, переходим, да?
3: What is your assessment of what's happening now? Is this all relatively new, or was this going on during the Obama administration? And I guess the third question is, uh, what do you think this pretends for the future of the U.S.-China relationship?
1: Well, first of all, uh, it appears that the U.S. military and intelligence community are now being able to uh, track these things and, and go back over years and years of signals and determine that the Chinese have been using these balloon uh, spy uh Apparatus uh, for quite some time over many, many countries and even during the Trump administration, but uh, they weren't able to detect it then. But since then, the technology and what they've been able to piece together, they've been able to backtrack and say, wow, these things have occurred more than they ever thought. But what's really important is that uh, uh, we know it's a spy balloon. The Chinese uh, will, of (coughs) course, deny it. The same way that the United States denied that we had a spy airplane with a human pilot in it, Uh, Going over Russia in 1960, we said it was just for collecting weather information. The Russians shot it down. Uh, We still kept saying it was only for weather uh, collection until the Russians collected the debris and the pilot, and he confessed. So uh, what the Chinese are saying is absolutely normal. They have to save face. They're going to deny that they're involved in espionage the same way that we will deny that we're involved in spying on China. We have airplanes that come very close to the border of China, kind of listening in uh, to the in- interior of China and of course but we stay away because we know that airplanes can be shot down and we don't want to risk the lives of our pilots and because we actually have high altitude satellites virtually all the major countries of the world have high altitude satellites uh, spying on each other and so it's, it's somewhat ironic that the Chinese are still still using this low tech uh, method of surveillance
3: Well, maybe they're doing both, right? The low tech and the high tech. I want to ask you about um, what you just said, though. If if a lot of this is just sort of performative, a performative outrage, um, did it make sense or does it make sense for us diplomatically to respond the way we have? I'm talking specifically about Secretary Blinken canceling his trip to China over this incident. Was that a wise move?
1: Oh, it had to be done. Uh, There was no way that the United States could continue to go forth with that uh, trip. Um, And uh, the same thing happened when the Russians shot down our U-2 airplane uh, with Gary Powers, the pilot, in it back in 1960. Uh, That incident happened shortly after a meeting of uh, Khrushchev and Eisenhower. And uh, it was It was an indication of a thawing of relations, and there was a high-level summit that was planned just weeks or months uh, after the downing of the U-2 plane. That had to be canceled as well. Uh, So, no, this is a normal reaction because it was a very in-your-face operation by the Chinese, and so we had to express our outrage, and we had to cancel that visit. Let's hope that they'll be able to resume that visit sometime in the uh, future, because, Despite the huge differences between the United States and China over military ambitions, uh, the operations of the Chinese uh, in the South Pacific, around Taiwan, human rights, trade policies. Nonetheless, the United States and China are so interdependent economically. So much of what we buy uh, in our uh, daily lives in stores at Costco, Target, Walmart, Home Depot, Nordstrom are made in China and Mm -hmm. Uh, we are farmers. So much uh, depend on selling what we grow uh, to the people of China. But more importantly, we need to work together to uh, uh, address climate change. We need to work together to try to stop North Korea from developing an operational right. nuclear weapon.
3: Well, let me jump in there because, you know, it's very evident that our domestic politics has drifted solely in one direction. There is no price to pay for being too aggressive and too hard on china it wasn't always this way especially in the democratic party too uh there used to be a, a threat of foreign policy thought that says no you need to work with china to open them up as a society so that they do not drift uh towards our adversaries do you feel like our domestic political perceptions of china have gone too far in the anti-china direction
1: well, you know, this is an issue that's been brought up by Democrats and Republicans uh, at every election. Uh, uh, candidates for, for president on both sides will say we need to get tougher on China uh, because uh, the United States and our businesses and many people and countries and policymakers from around the world feel that China has lot, has not lived up to its promises when it entered the WTO, when the Western countries opened their borders to products coming from China. And China was supposed to reciprocate on a slower pace, but nonetheless, they were supposed to reciprocate and open up uh, their borders to foreign investment, to products uh, by Western countries being sold in China. And a lot of that still has not occurred. And of course, issues about theft of intellectual property, uh, copying our goods, uh, our products. And so there's been a long simmering frustration with China and both parties have been getting tough. But it was both parties that really welcomed Uh, China coming into the WTO, it was a Republican, of course, uh, President Nixon, that first went to China and started uh, the engagement with China. So a lot of hopes on both sides, but a lot of disappointment on both sides.
3: All right, I could spend... spend...
0: Okay, uh, Saturday, 11 February in the year of our Lord, 2023. I just, you know, it's so important for this audience that is the um, chairman of the creditors committee of the bankruptcy of the United States uh, and are the protectors, ultimately of the full faith and credit. Also, um, you know, we're going to have to put you as chairman of, of the war committee because we are in world war three, as we keep telling you. And right there you see that the, the, the running dogs of MSNBC and NBC and the, uh, and uh, Comcast cable and all these, the Roberts family, they're all running dogs for the Chinese Communist Party. That was one continual lie, misrepresentation, and spin by Obama. You want to know one of the reasons we're in such a jam with the Chinese Communist Party? That's Obama's, that's the type of person you had representing your country in Beijing. And if you don't think they don't laugh when they see marshmallows like that there, kowtowing the entire time. I want to make sure, and we're going to play it later, what he even admitted to, and this is why, and when I start harping on things, there's a reason, because you heard about the classified briefing yesterday, it's not a full classified briefing, it's not the gang of It's not the super high level, at least it hasn't been let out, but right there he goes, because MSNBC, Sam Stein's trying to sell the Blinken meeting, oh, Blinken still should have gone, right, still should, and he says, no, it's in your face. Remember, the Biden administration knew that the spy balloon was coming over uh, Alaska in the lower 48. It was already in Montana for a day or two over looking at the, uh, the ICBM, the Air Force Base. The Air Force Base and, and taking all that information, including cell phone information, in the lower 48. The Biden administration knew this and hid this. The Biden regime hid this. They were only outed. So when he goes, yes, obviously you had to cancel the meeting, it was so in your face. Biden and his regime knew this and were trying to hold it from the American people until Blinken got on the plane. So that Blinken could go and rub up on She, and so at the State of the Union he could say, Hey, you know, bad Trump, evil Trump, bad Navarro, bad Pompeo, bad Bannon, right? Evil people, bad people. Getting us into war with the CCP, I'm I'm the peacemaker. Tony Blinken's over there kowtowing, but this is what we need. But remember, um, the the high the high church theology right there, I said the choir part out loud, we need to work with China on climate change. Are they working on climate change? The reason we pull the Paris Accords is that they're getting all the benefits of the industrialized West on a suicide mission to basically transition, as Biden said. Hey, I think we're going to need oil and gas for at least 10 years, for at least 10 years. This is a guy with a two-digit two di- IQ, at least 10 years. we are going, lead, 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 going to need it for at least a decade because we've got to work with the CCP where they're building, what, 50 coal plants a month? Remember, he said the domestic, what shifted is because of this audience. I'm proud to have been one of the leaders of that, to shift, to make sure this the Chinese Communist Party and understand where it war with them. Also, your nation, when I call sleepwalking, this audience cannot be part of the sleepwalking into this conflagration. Okay? Because that's what's going to happen. Your nation, and it took place at 2 o'clock, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning Friday morning, it was released. I think around noon yesterday, we launched with no warhead, no warhead, an ICBM for for a test, but it's clearly the optics of it, you know, a, a test, right? To, to basically shoot it into the Marshall Islands, where ironically we were fighting 80 years ago, the Imperial Japanese Navy and the Imperial Japanese Army. We're heading. We're sleepwalking into a broader more brutal conflict i've got up on Ghetto right now the serbian president serbian president sitting there going hey you think this thing's bad now by next summer the next six months you haven't seen anything it's going to be so bad and we are going to get crushed in this the whole region is going to get crushed in this the government moldova we told you yesterday the pro-western it's just it's a small country a couple of million people right it's one of the ones been back and forth between poland and romania i mean this is the killing ground it's the bloodlands right it's the bloodlands but their pro-Western government essentially fell. Now they've got a pro-EU person to go step in. But, hey, because people understand this conflict is starting to expand. It's starting to expand. Why is it expanding? Because now the Russian army has remanned, reloaded. And everybody said, you know, all these, all these idiots in the first couple of months, oh, it's over, it's over. They haven't studied the history of World War II. Russians got pushed back all the way to Stalingrad and the Leningrad, all of it. They got pushed all the way back, and then they held, and then they came back. And they don't care how many people they kill; they do not care how many people die. Okay, all that it is pure attrition warfare, and we are underwriting it. Biden's about to go to to, to Poland, and what he, what's he said yesterday? Whatever they need for however long they need it, unlimited. And you had Matt Gates, and we had Andy Biggs on here yesterday. Some very brave, the MAGA, the, the people from the, the Mighty 20 and the Magnificent Six have put now a resolution to force Biden to come in front of the nation so we don't sleepwalk into this with a War Powers resolution and make him put before the country why we should be in this war on the Eurasian landmass, fighting on the eastern border of Ru- the Russian speaking eastern border of Ukraine when six million illegal aliens have now powered into your country okay one year from this week or next week one year roughly Iowa is going to start the determination who's going to be the Republican nominee in 2024 we're going to go to Iowa we got Matt Kittle they just launched a new, uh, a new news site under Michael Patrick Leahy and our own Ben Burkwam. Carrie Lakes in Iowa and guess what so is the war room all next
6: right thing to do. I got onto my dad and I kind of, I kind of talked circularly and now I'm going back over to him. But he said, stay in the fight. But if you lose, you lose with dignity. You shake the other person's hand and you walk away. I didn't lose. So I'm not doing that. And we're going to take this all the way, like I said, the appeals court, they're deciding it right now. They're, you know, they kind of work on their own sweet time. God bless them. We need you to say prayers for the judges. We're about to find out truly how corrupt our system is because we have a mountain of evidence and we have the law on our side. And if we cannot contest elections that are dirty, rotten, horrible, stolen elections, then we're in trouble. And I believe that we will find some judges who have the courage to do the right thing. We got to pray for them.
0: Okay. Um, right there at the beginning, that shot, I'm going to get Burkholm in here in a second. Um, let me be blunt. There's one person that's running for president or aspires to run for president that could draw that crowd in Iowa, and that is Donald J. Trump. Okay? I'm not so sure DeSantis could draw that type of crowd. Nikki Haley, the the, the Keebler Elves, they you could round up everything they got and wouldn't be that size crowd. And that's on a Friday afternoon. Absolutely incredible. One year from today, let's think downrange. Iowa will be in the process, or one year from approximately today, right? Maybe actually be New Hampshire, but let's close enough. Iowa will kick off with the uh, with the caucuses determine. In nineteen forty, when FDR ran for his um, his third term, ran for his third term, which was kind of unprecedented, ran for his third term, he, he bald faced lied to the American people. He said under no so he was running against a businessman, the Donald kind of a Donald Trump type person, Wendell Wilkie. And he looked people in the eye and he lied to him. Said under no circumstances, no circumstances Zero. Will your boys be fighting in another European war? Remember, World War I was not viewed here afterwards as a great deal. And you, you had heroes, Sergeant York and others, right? You had some of the music in, in the doughboys and blackjack pershing and all that. And, and people were very proud. Don't get me wrong. We're very proud. But the cemeteries over there, I mean, they weren't used to this level of slaughter. The memories of the Civil War had faded. So... You don't go go back in time. There's not a lot of pining for. We want to go back to Europe and do it again. In fact, FDR looked him in the eye, and the only way he ran, won the presidency the third time was to tell him, "Hey, I'm gonna get, still get you out of the Great Depression. I'm working on it. But under no circumstances will we ever be in a European war again. American boys and girls will not go over there and die. This is how Iowa, and what's happening in Iowa." is directly related to what's happening in Beijing and what's happening in the slaughterhouse of the Ukraine, directly. And this is going to be a massive campaign issue. And this is why, whether you like him or you can't stand him, there's nobody else in political leadership in this nation that can sort this mess out than Donald J. Trump for, with all his flaws in all his tweets and all the, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, un- uncomfortable things he says. I don't care. I don't care. Here's what I care about. What we care about is not getting sucked into a kinetic third world war. Okay? That trust me, this country is not ready for it. It's not ready for it. In the lies and misrepresentations, the head of the Tory Party in Commons said on Friday to the Financial Times of London, he he chairs the equivalent of their Armed Services Committee, that the United Kingdom's military would be destroyed, finished over in five days of combat, and they, ladies and gentlemen, are our only true military ally in Europe. The rest of it is kind of a joke. The polls got something. The rest of it's a clown show. Let me be blunt, okay? That's NATO. It's a protectorate. This is why Iowa is important. This is why New Hampshire is important. This is why South Carolina is important. And most importantly, most important is the people that are in that room, Because that's MAGA. And MAGA is now going to be called to save this nation. And this is why you think it's a random event. The New York Times and the Brookings Institute completely uh, wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party, one of the great institutions we had in this country, right, years ago, liberal, now totally owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And the New York Times comes out with their, their, oh, the most disinformation, yeah, going against their narrative. As someone said in the getter chat, we call them direct hits. And we're not backing off one inch. You know why? We're on the right side of history, and we're doing what's right for this nation. And we're not backing off one inch, not one inch. And trust me, they laughed at me with populism. They laughed at me at national when it started. They laughed at me when I started, all the China stuff. What are you talking about? China's our partner. China's our president. No, 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 no. It's not China or the Chinese people. It's the CCP. Conversations changed a little bit. Sam Stein said it. We're going to win this. But the only way we're going to win it is you have to put your shoulder to the wheel and not back up one inch. Let's go to Ben Burkwam, Real America's Voice lead investigative reporter. He ain't on the border today; he's in Iowa. Tell me about it, Ben. A little cold there. Tell me about tell me about the reception for Kerry Lake.
4: Yeah, it was it was huge, and you mentioned it uh, the, in the last segment about the you know the saying the quiet part out loud. Climate change is the Trojan horse. It's all part of this. Global reset. Uh, the the one thing I'm waiting to hear is somebody say peace in our time. I mean that's that's basically where we're at with China, with uh, Russia, with all these guys. These are the same people that are pushing these lies that are destroying our border, destroying our country, and and destroying our elections. And so Carrie Lake came here. Um, this the, the really the keys. When I talked to her yesterday, the keys are. Election integrity and the border. Everything else. If we don't have those two things, we don't have a country. Everything else goes on top of that. Then you know follows our uh, the, the uh, our economic system, all of the the uh, energy system that, that the Democrats are destroying. But it's all couched. Everything the left does is couched under climate change, under racism, under LGBT. It's all a distraction, so they can lie to the American people and keep pushing this communist ideology. But it's all connected, and that's why she's here. She's actually coming to just outside Des Moines later today, and we're going to be covering that as well. Let
0: me have it. I think you did a great interview with her. Do we have it? Let's play a a clip from that, Ben Burkwam.
4: What do you make of the uh, State of the Union we just saw a couple days ago? Oh, my gosh. Compared to the, the State of the Union as it stands today versus under President Trump.
6: Well, I thought President Trump's last State of the Union address was the greatest we've ever had. And he had so many accomplishments, and I'm looking forward to him getting back in office and and bringing us more accomplishments. It was funny that Joe Biden liked to take credit for everything. Everything good that he took credit for was something that President Trump had put into play. And um, we, you know, I think watching him and watching uh, the partisanship there, watching the the Democrats just clap and and get all excited about what he was uh, spewing out, it was sad. It was a sad day. Some people were criticizing Republicans because somebody yelled out, you're a liar, or something like that. But that's the truth. He talked about fentanyl, and he's the reason we have a fentanyl crisis. He opened the border within minutes of him taking uh, office. He told the world, come on over, come on across the border, in so many words. And he pulled back every single policy that President Trump had put into place to secure our border. And Arizona is suffering so greatly because of that. And Iowa is suffering. The fentanyl crisis, I just spoke to a woman whose son died of a fentanyl overdose. It wasn't an overdose, it was a poisoning. And now his 10-year-old son is left without a dad. And we're sick and tired of it. And Joe Biden is a joke, he's a laughing stock, and we're gonna watch as he destroys this country, and we've gotta get President Trump back in to turn things around.
0: Ben, you know, uh, Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, Sununu, Christy, name them, round them all up. The Keebler Elves, the 12 Keebler Elves combined couldn't draw that type of crowd. G- give me the feel. What the, why was the crowd there for a woman who is still fighting to win the governorship of Arizona? It's in the courts now. And she's got a very strong appeal. But why would they turn out for uh, someone who's not a candidate? Uh, she's she's a hometown girl. Right. But why would they turn out?
4: It's very simple, Steve. Uh, America's looking for fighters. America, like you said, regardless of the tweets, regardless of of, uh, what President Trump said, they love President Trump because President Trump punches back on the mouth. And Carrie Lake is the same way. Uh, other than President Trump, there is no better articulator of the MAGA message than Carrie Lake. That's why they came out. They saw her in Arizona. They saw her as the fighter in Arizona. They they all see the fraud that is happening in Arizona, but they also see her as bigger than just Arizona. So there is a there's a coalescing. There there's a hunger. People in America are hungry for fighters that are going to take the fight back to the left. Stop, uh, stop apologizing. Stop accepting the premise of the left and saying, nope, we're gonna take the fight right back to you, we're gonna win this country. Because if we don't, if this generation doesn't do it, if 2024 doesn't do it, our kids, our grandkids, they're gonna to have to pay the consequences. That's what they're looking for. They want President Trump and they want fighters like Kerry Lake.
0: Okay, uh, Ben, hang on for one second. We're gonna go back, we have Ben Burkwam in Iowa. We have Matt Kittle's going to join us. Uh, Michael Patrick Leahy, the Star News Network, just launched their Iowa edition. We're here for the grand opening. We're also going to go to Europe and get Ben Harnwell. We have Carrie Lake later. We have Mike Lindell later. Joe Allen. We're packed wall to wall today. Saturday, my favorite show. End of the work week. All in the war room. Back in a moment. host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, we have to have a partnership meeting. We're going to have it at CPAC. Go to cpac.org slash war You get 47 bucks off the general mission ticket, and that ticket gets you everywhere you need to go, including to be part of the live audience with, um, with War Room. Uh, we're going to do it again like we did in Phoenix and like we did in Dallas. Uh, we think... You folks, in fact, we know you're going to love it. We're going to have a lot of audience interaction, introduce a lot of you guys to the country, all of that. Be there for four days. March 1st through 4th, Carrie Lake, Candace Owens, President Trump, just tons of people in all the breakout rooms, all of it, and m- many of the comp- contributors you see here at the War Room every day. Go to um, cpac.org slash worm to get your massive discount. I think it's the first time they've ever given a group Like this, this type of discount, because they know the energy we brought in um, Dallas, at Dallas CPAC, and they want that there, and we're going to deliver it. So looking for everybody there, looking forward to meeting you. They're going to be great shows, really planning it already. Um, Also, MyPillow.com, Lindell's going to be on later, but this MyPillow 2.0, everybody's raving about it. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORM right now, get get the MyPillow 2.0, which is Mike's pride and joy. Okay, you go to the Square, you buy one, get one free on this pillow. but you get sales all over the place. So go check it out today. MyPillow.com. Promo code Worm. This is MyPillow 2.0. All the tech upgrades. People are sleeping on it. Love it. Sleep the sleep of the just and sleep that on a MyPillow product. Do it today. Uh, Matt Kittle, Michael Patrick Lay had this vision of doing the Battleground States and doing these new sites. And it's just been incredible what you guys have accomplished. Um, tell me about Iowa. You're launching a new site. I guess you launched it a little earlier this morning, but you're launching a new site in the uh, in the very important first state uh, to kick off the caucuses next January. The Iowa caucuses. Uh, tell us about your new site, sir.
2: You bet. Thank you, Steve. It, uh, you know, Iowa is still critical to the political map, whether the Democrats want to acknowledge that or not. As you well know, the DNC has basically turned its back on Iowa, which has long been traditionally the first uh, state to enter the fray in its uh, Hawkeye caucus, if you will. The Republicans here will still hold the first in the nation caucuses, but the DNC, as I said, has turned its back on Iowa. The Democrats here want to continue to hold to be the first in the nation to hold those caucuses. Uh, they have to by Iowa state law. Um, the issue is the DNC has gone into a different direction. They don't think Iowa is diverse enough. But Iowa, Steve, as you well know, as uh, we just saw in the last segment, is very much in many ways Trump country. And Carrie Lake last night in the Quad Cities. And I think today in uh, suburban Des Moines will bring that full message and bring out the crowd, the, the kind of crowd that we saw last night.
0: Look, here's what Iowa provides is, uh, and it is Trump country, it's a MAGA country, and that's, you know, Trump wins it now big, and that's one of the reasons the Democrats don't like it. But here's what's the important of, of Iowa. It's discernment. You know, Iowa and New Hampshire, those flinty Yankees up in New Hampshire in, in this common sense heartland of America in Iowa, weigh and measure you, right? They weigh and measure you. And this is very important. It's important for the country. This is retail politics. You got to go into those small rooms. You got to have the small gatherings. And President Trump ran it a little differently, but still, the Iowa, the the Hawkeyes have a discernment that the nation depends upon. I think it's great. It starts in Iowa, and uh, it's going to be very important. That's why I think your site, Leahy's always ahead of the curve. Tell me about the site, uh, and tell me about uh, your thoughts on Kerry Lake.
2: You bet. Well, uh, we, as you said, we just launched uh, last night. You'll find all kinds of information on our site, uh, theiowastar.com. Uh, it includes the uh, meeting last night that Kerry Lake had with, with so many good Iowans. Uh, we will continue uh, with our special Iowa caucus edition 2024. We will continue to blanket coverage on Iowa, Iowa politics, all the stuff, particularly the kind of inside stuff we have here in the Des Moines area. Uh, that no other publications can offer in many ways. And uh, frankly, as you know, the mainstream media refuses to offer it. You know, it's interesting about Carrie Lake. Every story you see here in Iowa the mainstream press, as you see in the New York Times or the Washington Post, they can't begin a lead without saying Carrie uh, uh, Lake, you know, has made all kinds of uh, charges that aren't true. They put this stuff in their lead. When we know that the election integrity problems in Arizona, just as we've seen in the major states during the Zuckerbuck's era of 2020, are very real and they're very troubling. And what they hate is Carrie Lake is shining a big spotlight on it all.
0: Big time. Uh, Matt, how did they get to the site? Uh, How did they get to you guys' social media? What are the coordinates for Star News Network and all of it? The work you're doing the Tennessee Star is broken, I think the most important thing of this Memphis situation with um, uh, Mr. Nichols um, about it being a targeted hit um, about everything with the you know you broke the whole thing about the, the text messages and, um, and the relationship of the police officers' uh, you know female acquaintance with Mr. Nichols and, and all this. So you're doing great reporting. How do people get there?
2: No, thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's a big story. We'll continue to follow up. But uh, in terms of Iowa, uh, the news site again launching theiowastar.com. dot com, and as I said, we'll be at Kerry uh, Lake session uh, later on this afternoon in Ankeny, Iowa.
0: Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it, Matt Kittle from uh, the Star you. News Network. Is it head uh, head reporter head? Uh, editor, political editor. Let me go to Burkwam. Burkwam, how are you going to cover this today? By the way, we'd love to get you back on for the end of the show because Carrie Lake's going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, tell me about your coverage today sure. of Kerry Lake's speech.
4: We're going to be starting. We'll have a live coverage on, all, on the network, on all of our social platforms as well, starting at 5.30 Eastern time. I'll be with Amanda Head uh, and covering it. But as Matt just said, I just want to make one quick point. The reason conservatives, Republicans, MAGA love Carrie Lake is the same reason they love President Trump because they're not politicians. But also there's one other piece that Carrie Lake has that she is against the mainstream media. The mainstream media is the biggest enemy of the people. Right now it's why the mainstream media hates her because she can fight them because she was inside of that. And and that's one of the main reasons why they hate her. So we're gonna be covering that. I think we're gonna expect as big a turnout this afternoon, if not bigger, uh, just outside in Ankeny, just outside Des Moines.
0: So the Real America's Voice coverage five thirty. You got Amanda Head. You got Ben Burkom. We're gonna. do I'll talk to Captain Ben, and I think we'll pick up a live stream too. Make sure all the posse gets into a chat. I'll jump in there. I want to hear everybody what they have to say. This Carrie Lake, she is by far. The most important surrogate for President Trump, bar none. I mean, look at those crowds. Those are Trump. Yeah. Those are Trump. Yeah. Those are mini Trump. Those are mini Trump. She, she is Trump in heels because those are mini Trump crowds. But I'm telling you, <laughs> the, the Keebler Elves, the Keeb, the Keebler Elves combined, the Keebler Elves combined couldn't draw that crowd in that intensity. No. Ben, great job. Uh, hopefully, maybe get you back here before we finish up, and not we'll see you at 5:30 today.
4: All right, just let me know. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Okay. Ben Burquam. Ben, ben had that great rally out in uh, Phoenix. Uh, he and Amanda Head. Amanda does such a great job as an anchor. Okay. Um, ben Harnwell. We're going to go from the heartland of this nation. We're going to talk about the heartland, right? The, heart, the heartland of the world island. What was it, uh, Harnwell McKinder, the, the Scottish professor? came up with this concept of geopolitics and talked about the world island. People, if you really look at a real globe or a map, you'll see that the Western Hemisphere is really like a string of islands off of a massive, massive landmass, a massive island called the World Island. That would be the Eurasian landmass and also Africa as it connects with it. Uh, the The theory was he who controls the heartland controls the, controls the world island, and he controls the world island, controls the world. So American foreign policy since 1914, essentially, has been to make sure that no one power or group of powers controls the Eurasian landmass. Now, right in front of our eyes, because of the compromise of the Biden regime, the Chinese Communist Party, they're the head gangsters. They're the ones putting the deal together with uh, Turkey and the mullahs in, in Persia. Uh, in Tehran and Saudi Arabia, they're doing these massive output deals. Pakistan, they got mini-me uh, in North Korea. And that's where the guy goes, oh, you got to work with China. China control, North Korea is a vassal state to China, dude. Write that down. Take your number two pencil out and write that down. China controls North Korea, controls 100% and uses to keep us on the back foot with the nuclear weapons pointed right at Osaka and Tokyo. Come on, man. That's 101 stuff. That's not even advanced stuff. That's basic. Ben, Birk, uh, ben Harnwell, you've been on top of this right now. You've got the politics of the elites and you got what the folks are thinking. And what the folks are thinking, they're smelling a uh, – they're seeing the images coming out of Ukraine and they don't want any part of that. And they see they're getting sucked into it. The Serbian president today has got a brutal assessment that's out there saying, hey, for people of the world, if you think what you've seen in the last year is bad, you ain't seen nothing yet because the worst part of this is going to come in about six months. And then it's going to spin out of control, and it can suck my country, Serbia, into this thing. Ben, uh, Ben Harnwell, your assessment?
5: Well, oh, Steve, the um, the declaration here of, of Alexander uh, Vučić um, basically repeats in different words the the article which we were analysing yesterday from the Daily Telegraph by Colonel Richard Kemp, which basically said the worst is is, is still to come um, with the intensification. Of the Russian forces, I don't know, Steve, if you want me to read the declaration itself because it's quite short, or just k- please, or just home p- please, in, please. Okay,
0: please, please.
5: So, so President uh, Vucic says we are facing the biggest crisis in the world that we have seen since World the Second World War. What happened before is almost nothing compared to what awaits us. I know that there is a big escalation ahead of us and I hope that some people understand that we do not need it. The next five or six months will be the heaviest conflicts. Combat will be much stronger despite being very, very intense already. I could write volumes of books about it, and the pressure on us will be twice or three times stronger. And here, Steve, I think is my key uh, phrase in this declaration. Because I think everything basically revolves around what, what comes next. Due to elections in 2024 in Europe and America, the West cannot afford to lose and will try to win in the conflict in Ukraine one way or another. In this position, our country will literally find itself between a rock and a hard place. Four to five months ago, it seemed clear that Ukraine, with the huge support of the collective West, was winning. Now it's not so clear. The first article in Politico, which I think, Steve, you you had up on your feed a couple of days ago, Can it happen that Putin wins? has already been published. Now, on the one hand, there is a common position in the collective West, and on the other, almost unison, the unity of the Russian people after the declared dispatch of German tanks. Uh, What he's alluding here, to, and there are a number of points, but of course, Serbia... Has maintained, uh, and this goes back to the the beginning of President Futsch's, uh presidency, in, I think 20, um, 2017, He has steered a very neutral line here between Russia and NATO, um, desperately trying to cultivate both sides. Um,
6: yeah.
5: And I'm not, and I'm not saying that this line here is is following. Do you want to give way for the break, um, and then I'll come back and? Um, no, no, I want to hold hold,
0: hold, 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 hold on. I want you, I want you to hold on. Remember, we bombed Belgrade back in the 90s, right? (laughs) Because they, hey, they were the Christian nation, so naturally we're going to bomb them, right? We bombed it back in the 90s. They've always been part of the Russian sphere, right? They're the first to admit that. So he looks at this with a a certain angle of attack on it. But there's a lot of truth there. What we're not going to do here in the war room, we're not going to sleepwalk into this. We're going to be Cassandra. We're going to be up in the grill. To make sure this catastrophe just doesn't come about
4: next. Social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology, no more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download
0: now. Okay, you have to understand the history of the slaughterhouse of the 20th century to understand the 21st century. Remember, from 1914, from the guns of August until the fall of the Berlin Wall, um, or let's even throw in Tiananmen Square in there. um, I don't know, 200 million, some people say 250 million, a quarter of a billion people either died for political violence or in wars or in famines related to wars or in pandemics related to wars, disease, all of it. In future, uh, you know, centuries, they'll look back to the 20th century as a dark age, right? We've never had this type of slaughter because of technology. Man's human nature hasn't changed, but the technology changed and allowed us to have um, mass slaughter. The Holocaust uh, with the Jews in the bloodlands, the um, extermination of the Ukrainian people in the Kansas of the, um, of the, of the heartland in uh, Ukraine, starved to death by Stalin and the Bolsheviks. Um, the political murder, what they say in the bloodlands between 1932 and 1945, 14 million political murders, not, not, not acts of war, political murders, executions, exterminations. A scale of barbarity that the world has never seen, can't comprehend. And remember in all of that, given the valor of the greatest generation, given the heroism of the greatest generation, the United States was virtually unscathed. Pearl Harbor got hit. And I think later in Oregon, four or five people got hit by a Japanese bomb like in 1945. But the, the homeland of the United States was untouched while the rest of the world is in a slaughterhouse. Don't believe the 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 um, Studs Terkel and these guys and, and Tom Brokaw, the Greatest Generation and the Good War and all that. Yes, the call to arms of the Greatest Generation was incredible, and we became the we became the arsenal for democracy, and actually revved up mass production in Detroit and other places to produce you know mass production of bombers, mass production of tanks and equipment and, and you know what hundreds of aircraft carriers right. Not including destroyers and submarines, incredible. And the valor and heroism of the greatest generation was incredible. But it was not a good war. World War II is a war of annihilation. And it ratcheted up in its brutality as human nature think about it, just like the Civil War. As, as you continue to have combat and you continue to have more people dead and you have families grieving and they're saying, why did this happen? There's anger, and that anger turns into a burning white hate, right? Rage, hatred. And that's what happened. The, the war was a war of annihilation. The brutality was so awful on the Eastern Front, between the Russians and the Germans and their allies in mainland China, right? In the, in the bombing and the fire bombing over, over, over Japan, the bombing over Germany, because they would not surrender, and they continued to have this slaughter. The rage, the annihilation, because this is human nature. This is what happens. This is the law of unintended consequences. This is the fog of war. And we're not going to sleepwalk into this thing. We're not going to sleepwalk into this. We cannot allow this to happen because this is beyond dangerous. When they're throwing out these concepts of of tactical, tactical nuclear weapons, that might be used by the Russians in, 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 during the liberation, the quote unquote liberation of Crimea by combined arms warfare supplied by American tanks. Ben the the most chilling part of that, and it's chilling from the Serbian president is the end, where he as almost as a throwaway says the unity Of the Russian people, remember, the Russian people were our allies in World War II. The Russian people, you can't hear that on mainstream media, the Russian people were our allies. That victory in Stalingrad over the 6th Army 80 years ago was as important to save American boys and girls as the victory at Guadalcanal almost in the same week. Okay? We know Guadalcanal, but we never talk about Stalingrad. The most chilling thing that the Serbian president said at the end, Ben, was the unity of the Russian people when they see German tanks going across Ukraine. Can you read that again, the end of that? Because it chilled me to the bones when I first – because this guy gets it. And the people over there get it because they live in a slaughterhouse. You have memories of your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, the 1930s, Joe DiMaggio and Gone with the Wind – you know, swing music, Frank Sinatra, all the great icons of American culture. Yes, we had the Great Depression. We had the Dust Bowl. Don't get me wrong. There were bad things happening, particularly in the early 1930s. But that's not the memories that people have of American culture in the 1930s. You know what their memories are the 1930s? A slaughterhouse. Unprecedented in, a, in world history. That's the memories they have. Ben, read that to me again.
5: Now... On the one hand, there is a common position of the collective West, and on the other, almost unison, the unity of the Russian people after the declared dispatch of German tanks.
0: Remember, those German tanks, we showed you the footage the other day, maybe we bring it up in the thing. they got iron crosses on the side of them. And remember, the NATO is not even paying for this. The German people put up very little money in this. The elites are driving this, and the common man and woman, the little guy, the Ukrainian Lao Beijing, old hundred names, just like old hundred names. Do you think how many elite kids, sons and daughters of the billionaires, are with the hundred first Airborne right now in Romania on the Ukrainian border, already on the trigger to go in there? How many? Yeah. How many? How many Ken Griffins and hell yes zero. Forget it. It's a joke. It's it's this audience's sons and daughters are on that border, just like they served in Iraq, just like they served in Afghanistan, just like they were in a Kuwait, saving the Saudi royal family for their oil. They're now selling to the Chinese Communist Party. It's a scam. It's a con, and it can't allow to be going on. Mad Gates. we had Andy Biggs on here yesterday. He's one of the co-signers of the—just to force the Biden administration to come to Congress— All you constitutional conservatives, don't be waving the Constitution in my face anymore until you force Biden to come to the House of Representatives and make a presentation on the War Powers Act of exactly what we are doing. What's the strategy? What's the objective? What's the cost? And when are you going to send and commit American combat troops? Short break. Back in 90 seconds.